Good morning. We'll try this again. <laughs> Everything is a little backwards this morning, so we could make sure that all the attention this morning was focused on those children who made their commitments and were baptized. And I ask everybody that's a member here at this church, or if you love them and you know them and you're committed to Christ, that you would reach out to these kids and follow up with them and to encourage them. Because as everybody knows, the trials just begin when you make a full commitment. And that is just the way it is. So they're going to need our prayers and our encouragement as they continue to follow Christ and do the things that he has been calling them to do. I'd like to welcome you to Graceway Baptist Church this morning. Thank you for everyone who came in loving support for those kids. Um, again, be prayerful and mindful of them. Our prayer partners this month are the Enon Community Service. That's teachers, first responders, medical providers in all aspects, and caretakers, not only of the elderly, but of those who are homebound. Um, bowling today at 4 o'clock. Meet here if you want to go bowling. Um, September 3rd is 10.30 service only. The Crawfords, our relief missionaries, will be here then, also presenting the message. Um, save the date. There's a couple of ladies in an announcement this morning, so I want to ask you ladies to save the date. September the 16th, we're going to have a ladies' lunch. That's open to all ladies who attend church. You do not have to be a member to come. Um, we'll meet here at 11. The theme is apple of his eye. And we'll discuss a community project that we're going to be working on. Also, we're kicking off Secret Sisters next month. Um, this is a Secret Sisters form. There's a table right out here by the restrooms that you can fill this out. Now, there are a couple of things that I want to bring to mind this time that we're trying Secret Sisters again. You will note that there is no place for your birthday or anniversary. There's also two pages. I know that's a lot, but I really, really want you to read this if you're thinking about doing this. Secret Sisters isn't about buying presents. Secret Sisters is about loving and encouraging and supporting another woman, getting to know her just a little bit better. That's what the information sheet is about. Taking the time to pray for her. It will bless you and it will bless her. Um, but we would like for you to try to send a note or a card. Um, if you want to buy a little gift, you can. This is only going to run for three months this year. We'll have our reveal in December. And then we'll move forward with it after we see how well it works this time around. Um, also out here by the table, if you happen to walk by there and you saw the little rubber duckies and the diapers and things, um, we're doing what is called, um, is it a bombing? Is that what they call it? Pounding. Pounding. Oh, there you are. Yeah. It's a pounding. I personally don't prefer to use that term because it doesn't sound very good, especially when you're talking about a baby. But um, the, the, the Tabers, um, uh, Kayla and um, Tabor, thank you. Yeah, they have three little babies all under the age of three. Now, little Carson that they just brought home is preemie. Um, he was in the hospital for a little bit of an extended stay. So they need preemie diapers. Their two older children are both in size five. Now, little brother, middle brother is actually catching up quite well to his sister. So if you would like to gift them diapers, we have it out here on the table. Also, gift cards to Walmart, gas cards. Uh, there's a lot of driving back and forth from Wacomas for them to come to doctor's appointments. Um, or even a food card for, you know, golden chick, pizza and whatever. 
so that they don't have to worry about those kind of things. Um, moving forward, if you would like to do that, just there's a basket out there for cards and the table will be set up. We're gonna do that through the end of August. Um, I'd like to take a moment to pray over all those children that just recently got baptized and for all of you for being here today. Gracious Heavenly Father God, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy and we thank you for the gift of salvation. And we thank you, Lord, for these children being willing to make a commitment to you publicly, Lord, uh, to be held accountable for following you and to be able to do things that will impress upon their peers and all of those around them that choosing you is the only option for eternal life. Um, I ask that you would watch over them in the coming days as they go to school and as they reach out to their friends and help them to be a great encouragement to others as well. Bless this service this morning and Craig as he delivers your word and watch over everyone today. We thank you, God, for all that you do. In Christ's name, amen. Fun with them. Chris, make your way up here. <clears throat> No, you're okay. My brain is sometimes works. Oh, let little people run free for a minute. Okay. Yeah. How goes the EPD? Oh, it's fun as always. Fun as always. <laughs> uh, this week we're focusing our prayer on uh, community servants, first responders in particular. Um, so I thought we'd have one pray. Pray over your brothers and sisters and. Mm -hmm. Um, pray intelligently. You know more what you need and what your, what your team needs than I do. So why don't you pray for them now? We'll join you in prayer. All right. You could bow your head, close your eyes. God, I pray that you will uh, help all first responders, uh, not only law enforcement, but includes EMTs, uh, firefighters, to keep all of them safe uh, as they respond to some of the darkest and uh, most evil sides of humanity and see things that most people would never want to see. Uh, I pray that them seeing the, those darkest sins will just show the contrast in how much you care for us and uh, what your good really does. I pray that you will uh, help the people that are already following you to uh, spread your name and be able to bring other first responders as well as the people they come into contact uh, to follow you and uh, please just keep us keep us all safe and let's keep following you amen man thank you chris thank you god for all of our community servants we need you all open your bible to proverbs 17 you flying solo today? You got a wingman, wingwoman. Ethan is in charge of Proverbs 17, so he's recruited back up. So Proverbs 17, we're going to read the whole chapter out loud together. Well, he's going to read. We're just going to follow silently. Um, and then I'm going to pick a couple of verses to talk about today. So don't panic if you're a visitor or a guest. We're not preaching the whole book, the whole chapter of Proverbs 17. 
but we're making it our mission as a church to read it together out loud from the pulpit, the whole book of Proverbs. So that's what we're doing today. You ready? All right. Follow along. Proverbs 17. Go. Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. A prudent servant will rule over a disgraceful son and will share the inheritance as one of the family. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to destructive to a destructive tongue. Whoever mocks the poor shows contempt of their maker. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Children's children are a crown of the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. Eloquent, eloquent lips are unsuited to a godless fool. How much worse lying lips to a ruler. A bribe is seen as a charm by the one who gives it. They think success will come at every turn. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. A rebuke impresses a discerning person more than hundred lashes a fool. Evildoers foster rebellion against God. The messenger of death will be sent against them. Better to meet a bear robbed from her cubs than a fool bent on folly. Evil will never leave the house of one who pays back evil for good. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord detests them both. Why should fools have money in hand to buy wisdom when they are not able to understand it? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. One who has no sense shakes hands in pledge and puts up security for a neighbor. Whoever loves a quarrel loves sin. Whoever builds a high gate invites destruction. One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble. To have a fool for a child brings grief. There is no joy for the parent of a godless fool. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. The wicked accept bribes in secret to pervert the course of justice. A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to the mother who bore him. If imposing a fine on the innocent is not good, surely to flog honest officials is not right. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent, and discerning if they hold their tongues. The title today is Chill, Inside and Out. We're going to get to the verse in a minute. But I need to take a minute to tell you what I'm not talking about. There are a lot of good verses in here. I hope in your small group, maybe you can bring some of those up and talk about them. And I want to talk about a lot of them, but we're trying to keep this limited here. So first of all, I am not going to talk about verse 3. The crucible, the crucible is for silver 
and a furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests hearts. See that? You were made to give your heart to God. I'm not going to talk about that. Just, just want to point that out there. That's what you were made for. I'm not going to talk about verse 9 today, not verse 9. Verse 9 says, whoever covers an offense seeks love. He who repeats a matter separates close friends. Now, covering an offense means when something is done and faced and dealt with and forgiven and repented of, then we bury it. This is not ignoring sin. The Bible talks about confronting sin, calling out sin, rebuke, but also forgiveness. To really forgive something is to cover it up when it's been talked about already. And recounting past sins, it does separate people. That's a, that's a good warning right there. So stop gossiping, stop slandering, stop grumbling, but I'm not going there. I'm not talking about verse 17 either. I would like to, that's a good one. That's a Hobby Lobby verse right there. Verse 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. True friendships forgive and forget. True friendships find, they, they find ways to rebuke one another and cover over one another's offenses so that they can then draw nearer to God together. That's the only way we can ever draw near to anybody else is if they're drawing near to God and we are drawing near to God. Everything else in life you may be getting close, but you're not getting as close as you would if you are both pursuing God in the same direction, the same way. I'm not talking about verse 18. That's a good one too. One who lacks sense gives a pledge and puts up security in the presence of his neighbor. What that is saying is you take on another person's debt, you're a fool. Don't co-sign. Don't go into debt. Don't help other people with debt. If you can help with money or resources, then just be generous. Just help them the way you can help them. You don't need to enter into bad debt with other people. Don't co-sign on houses. Don't co-sign on anything. We've talked about that, so I'm not going there any deeper. If you can help, just help. Just be generous. I'm not going to talk about verse 22, but it's deep. Verse 22 says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart is good medicine. So we need to uh, think of this for just a second. Two people can go through the same tragic event and one person can trust God and grow and the other person despairs and gives up. Same thing can happen to, this, to two different people. I think this proverb is trying to communicate to us, choose joy and if you can't choose joy, find some help. We are supposed to bear one another's burdens. We are to confess our needs and for one another. We're to help one another. You do not have to 
stay stuck in depression or sin or addiction, if you can't find a joy, you need help. So get it. Ask for it. Be transparent enough. Choose joy or find some help dealing with your own grief, dealing with your own hurt. That would be a good sermon, but I'm not going there. So where am I going? I'm going to verse 27. Verse 27 says, Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. So this verse has two parts. That first part, the first part of verse 27, it connects with last week's message and the other big ideas of Proverbs about guarding your tongue, guarding your mouth, watching your speech, being careful with who you listen to, being careful with what you take in and also what you give out. It, Proverbs and the entire Bible has a lot to say about your tongue and your lips and your words. And to shut down sometimes. To listen more than we speak. Two of these, one of those. Twice as much. Slow down. Guard. Protect. Because Jesus makes it clear that the words that come off these lips are actually coming out of this heart. There is no joking unless the other person is laughing. If they take it as a joke, it's a joke. But many times the things that we do and say are piercing. Words will always hurt me. That's the real truth. Words can hurt. So that was the last week about guarding your mouth, guarding your tongue, guarding your speech so that you can deliver life. The purpose is not just to shut down. You guard your mouth, so you wait for the right moment to deliver truth, to deliver encouragement, to build up, to love, not to strike down. Guard your mouth and wait. That takes a lot of patience, takes a lot of listening, takes a lot of discernment. We deliver life. When I say the word life, it's not just survival mode, but it's this idea that your wisdom about God's nature and ways brings life. That's what real life is. Real abundant life. The life that Jesus intends for us to have. An abundant life is a life that finds its meaning and purpose in God and who he is. Why can I enjoy life? Because God is happy. Why do I have eternal hope? Because God is forever. Why do I want to tell the truth? Because God is truthful. Why, do I want, why am I called to love my enemies? Because God is love. Why am I called to step out of darkness and walk in the light? Because God is light. All the real meaningful virtues in life are meaningful because they are God. And the more we walk with God, the more we can deliver life. But it's not about delivering your life, your opinion, your ways, your wisdom. It's a wisdom that is rooted and grounded in God, his nature and his ways. We need to see that when we read Proverbs. These are not just clever sayings. These are not just tips and tricks to get through life. You can't just hashtag these and it be viral because they take a lot of time, a lot of thinking, and a lot of really hard decisions. The, The hardest decision, the hardest decision you will ever make is not to die for God. The hardest decision you will ever make is to lay down your life and live the rest of your life for only what God wants from you. 
says no to anything, you say yes and amen because you have something better planned. It's complete trust. It's not about obedience, it's about trust. It's not about following laws, it's about loving the lawgiver, trusting his ways, his, his nature. He's perfect, that's what gives us life. So that's the reflection on last week. So that's why I was drawn to this verse, first of all. Restrain your words. Man, you are, you are full of knowledge. That's a good thing. But this second part, this is new this week. He who has a cool spirit or is even-tempered in some translations, he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. So this is the second part of verse 27. A cool spirit, a man of understanding. I've always liked this verse. Just, I'm, cool, cool, cool. I'm from Southern California. We say cool a lot. Are you we used to? I haven't been there in a while. It's probably something else now. Cool. Everything was cool. Just that surfer vibe, that beach vibe, that laid back vibe. Cool. You know, some of you get that when you go on a cruise. You're like, oh, you come back wearing a flowery shirt and flip flops. Like, okay, I guess you're cool now, but cool. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about laid back. I'm talking about unruffled. The Bible's not talking about everything is easy. A cool spirit means everything is strong and settled, immovable. Even if everything else is on fire, cool spirit means you're not. Even if everybody else is losing their mind and freaking out over masks and vaccines and this and that, who's gonna be president? You're not freaking out. You have a God who is on the throne and in charge of everything. See how that plays in? Now, the Hebrew word for cool, it means cold, it means chill, and it means quiet. All at the same time. Not just quiet. There are other words for quiet, but it's all of these together. And, and I think of it like this. Think of uh, if you've ever gone outside after a really solid, peaceful snowstorm. You walk outside, everything's blanketed. You can see your breath. If you go out early enough, quiet. All together, the blanket, the cool, the quiet. That's this proverb. He who has a cool spirit, I want that. Well, you are a man of understanding. And in Proverbs, the word understanding has been synonymous with wisdom, instruction, discipline. It doesn't just happen. It's something you have to be invested in. You have to be partaking of. A cool spirit does not throw the bat after a strikeout. That would be foolish. A cool spirit does not throw the incorrect drink order back at the waitress's face. That would be mean. A cool spirit does not do a brake check for that jerk behind you. Get off my tail. That would be foolish. A cool spirit does not quietly plot their revenge while smiling at you. I'm just going to listen to you be an idiot and a jerk. You're so mean. When, you're done, when you turn your back, you are going down. Next time we get a group project together, I'm going to shove it to you like you've never seen. The next time... Being, the goal is not just being quiet. <laughs> 
and having some self-control that you're not immediately lashing out somebody, cool in spirit says, I love you anyway. How can I bless this person? How can I turn their anger for good? Cool spirit. You're so stable in God that you're stable in and of yourself. This is not self-motivation here. This is a calmness and coolness of spirit and quietness of soul because you are anchored in Jesus Christ. You have been buried in his death and raised to walk in the newness of life. A cool spirit does not punch a door after receiving an unfair grade in AP English because Mr. Montgomery did not like my writing style even though on the final paper he didn't have a single red mark on my page, just a big old B. Boom! Craig was a fool. Craig had to miss football practice that day because of his swollen hand. That, that is not coolness of spirit. It takes a while to develop that, to punch a few walls, to insult a few people, to get a few red cards, to lose your cool, to be ejected, some people to be divorced. Some kids to be abandoned. Some people turns into abuse and violence. You know why our world is broken? Because we don't have enough people who are right with God and cool spirit. We lose our cool all the time, every day. Believers and unbelievers alike, and I'm calling out believers. If you say you're following Jesus, you need to be cooler about things. You need to chill. Because God is good. Whatever happens to you, swallow it. If you need help, get some help. But find the joy in Jesus. He gives you an out for this entire life. If you need help, get some help. You might need some counseling. You might need some medication. You might need some treatment. That's legit. But you'll never have calmness and peace in your soul until you have a savior that you have laid your life down for and you have complete personal devotion to Jesus. Not a Baptist church, not a missionary alliance, not to any other cause or movement. You need to be devoted to Jesus wherever you are, wherever you go, whatever job comes into your life, wherever family you've been born into or adopted into. Wherever you are, you can find Jesus. And you can do this. You can become a man or a woman of understanding. A cool spirit does not rage quit a video game because of a hacker. A cool spirit does not discipline a child without clear verbal reasons and explanations. A cool spirit responds with thoughtfulness and careful intention. Write that down. A cool spirit responds with thoughtfulness and careful intention. We are not reckless with our emotions. We keep a lot in we restrain our words because we have knowledge. We understand that saying everything on our mind is a bad idea. So here's the formula. 
Understanding comes first. Write that down. You don't have a cool spirit and then you're a man of understanding. It says he who has a cool spirit is, like, like already is a man of understanding. So understanding actually comes first. Do you understand all things? No, that's why there's Google. <laughs> Do you understand all things? Of course not. So how can I be cool of spirit when I don't understand all things? Because understanding is a synonym with wisdom and knowledge. And God doesn't say we have to have it all, but we need to start in the right place. So before we even get to understanding and wisdom and knowledge, what needs to come first? Help me out here. Proverbs 1. Well, somebody's listening. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's why we're going through the whole book of Proverbs, people. If you don't walk away with anything else, you got to walk away with that. You cannot do any of this stuff unless you start with the fear of the Lord. You have to fear God. And remember, we've been teaching about this. It doesn't mean you're afraid of him. If you fear the Lord rightly, you're running right at him because he has everything you need. It's fear and love. It's fear and love that leads to wisdom and understanding and then the cool spirit. That's the secret sauce. You fear God so much, you want him more. You're not running away from him. Running away from God, that would be afraid of God. No, he doesn't want you to be afraid of him. He wants you to fear him and draw near. Fear him and love him. Fear him and enter into his presence. Fear and love mingled together. That is the message of Christianity. You know why anybody wants to confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Because you fear an angry, wrath-filled God who will punish you for your sins. But you come to him for grace in Jesus. That's, That's the whole formula for being saved. You fear what your sin will bring, but you come to God. It never stops, though, because the rest of your life, you're still going to have hang-ups, addictions, problems, traumas, hurts, pains, sins. What do I do? Do I withdraw from God? Do I withdraw from church? Do I withdraw from God's people? If you fear the Lord, you keep marching into God's presence and you confess it and you say you're wrong every time. You say you're sorry every time. That's what the Bible talks about. Walk by faith, not retreat by fear. Walk by faith. We keep marching after God. So there's the formula, fear and love God leads to wisdom and understanding and that leads to the cool spirit. Everybody wants to be cool. Everybody wants a cool spirit, but nobody wants to do the hard work of laying their life down for God. But he's a good God. Let me, let me read from Exodus chapter 34 for you. Exodus 34, verses six and seven. Just write this down on the side of your notes. Exodus 34, six and seven. The Lord, the Lord the compassionate and gracious God. You're like, wait a minute, time out. Is that the Old Testament? Genesis, Exodus, that's the second book in the Old Testament? Like you went way back and God is not angry and God is not filled with wrath and God is not a judge and God is not an old man who's angry. Here's how God describes himself. Early in the Bible, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. That's, that's my God. 
I don't know, if you've got an angry God, you, you might be missing out. You might be reading the wrong Bible. This Bible says he's gracious, compassionate. He will by no means clear the wicked, but he can also bring forgiveness to those who call on his name. It's both. So what does Jesus have to say? Turn to Matthew chapter five. Let's read a couple of verses from uh, Jesus's lips just to tie this together here, the end. Matthew 5, it's in the Beatitudes. Jesus is doing a public teaching, lots of people, wide open places. I think he did, I think he preached this sermon on multiple mounts and multiple locations. It's a little different in each of the gospels. Why? Because I think he did it a little different each time. I think he did it multiple times, but I'm going to read Jesus's words in Matthew chapter five. I'm just going to read verses, uh, let's go six, six through nine. And, and listen before we read. We've been talking about Old Testament, chill, cool and spirit, right? What does Jesus add to that idea? Verse six, chapter five, Matthew. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Merciful, pure in heart, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, peacemakers. I think Jesus is tapping into the cool in spirit idea. Cool in spirit means you are a peacemaker instead of a troublemaker. You're a peacemaker. You're willing to step into anything. And because you are grounded in God, you're able to bring sense and wisdom and security, approachability, conversation. You're not standoffish with everybody over everything. Yeah, that's biblical too. Do all things without grumblings and disputings. Get ready for back to school with that verse. That should be on your locker. Your parents will personally put that on your locker if you need them to, right? That should be on the back of every jersey. Coaches should, they always put my last name on my helmet, right? With tape, first, first day of practice. Like they didn't know who I was my senior year. <laughs> Come on, you know who everybody is. And then they all pronounce your name wrong. You know what they should put on everybody's tape? Shut up and work. That would be a, that would be a good summary of the Bible saying, do all things without grumblings and disputings. Work as unto the Lord. Let the Lord be your boss in all things. Whatever you do, pursue it with excellence. Playing within the rules of the game, playing within the, the, the requirements of the set piece of music, you follow orders, you listen to your teachers, you submit, you're, you're humble, you're gracious, you're looking out for new students, you're looking out for new teachers. You have the spirit of, I am confident in and of myself and in Jesus that I can now live my life for other people. Of all the people on planet Earth, y'all need to be on the lookout for needy people. When there are new people in your workplace, new nurses come onto the shift, new people in your neighborhood, new neighbors, new, new everything. New people come in different cycles through the Air Force. We got, new, we got visitors. We, of all people, need to be so cool of spirit that we are unafraid to step out and share our faith with anybody because we're not sharing ourselves. We're sharing our faith, and that's Jesus. Does this world need more chill Christians? 
Does this world need more chill believers? Absolutely. So what should we do? We should do Jesus stuff. We need to breathe, talk through our issues, talk through our pain, pray for one another, pray through things out loud together. We need to be peacemakers in our circles of friends. We need to be peacemakers in our places of employment. We need to seek mercy instead of revenge. We need to hunger and thirst for righteousness, not just the next paycheck, not just the next bonus, not just the next promotion, not just the next chair, not just the next anything. Chill means content. The Bible says a lot about being content. Write this down. Increase your godly chill factor so people will know and people will see that the gospel has changed us, is changing us, and will change us forever. Work on it. When you find yourself in a stressful situation, remind yourself of who Jesus is, that you fear and love God, and ask for him to make you chill. Cool in spirit. That means sometimes you're going to learn to walk away. But that also means sometimes you're going to learn to speak up and deliver truth. And it's going to be different probably from day to day. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then Philippians 1.21 says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Can you bring some chill into your marriage this week? Bring some chill into your softball team this week. If somebody's losing their mind, can you take them aside? Can you, can you pray with them? Parents, when you see other parents losing their minds at sporting events, and you see coaches getting redder than these pews in front of you. Can you step in and be a peacemaker? Can you step in and bring some real godly presence to terrible situations? That is our mission. There's a little famous little thing that goes around. It, it, I've thrown it around there. When something really bad goes wrong and somebody's complaining about it, don't you like to look at them and go, especially if they're complaining about you, you're driving, <laughs> you, you turn to them and you go, but did you die? Right? Like, like <laughs> oh man, I can't believe that game we did at camp or youth group. That was so gross. Come on, did you die? Like, yeah, come on. EpiPens were ready. We were, we were well equipped. Nurse on staff, Band-Aids on the go. Peroxide uncapped, right? I mean, come on. It was great. No, it was terrible. But did you die? Like, we throw that around a lot. The next time something terrible goes wrong in your life, something you're not going to laugh about, something you're not going to chuckle about, remember this. But, but didn't Jesus die? Didn't he take your place? Didn't he fix everything for eternity for you and your soul? Why are you freaking out? To me, it brings the same, I don't know, 
truth to the situation. We complain about a lot, don't we? We whine about a lot, especially if it's our friends. We like to bother them about their, their problems, their hangups, and the ways they've embarrassed us. But when, when all of life hits you upside the head, that'll carry you through. I don't need to freak out about this. I don't need to win this argument. I don't need this child to be quiet. It's okay. Grown-ups will learn to listen anyways. The more problem you have listening, by the way, in the back row and then move to the front row, the more distracted you are, the closer you should sit to the front. The more you think, I shouldn't, that, that person shouldn't be wearing that to church, the more you should be on the front row, not worrying about them, worrying about you. We need to be a chill kind of people who stop worrying about everybody else, worry about ourselves so that we can then be ready to speak truth into people's lives. Sometimes the truth hurts. Hurt Jesus more. Stand with me. Let's pray. As we close with a a prayer, and then we'll sing a song together. Uh, Bow your head and close your eyes. Let's pray. I want to... Don't think of anybody else right now. Don't be poking your neighbor. Don't be passing any notes. Put your phone down. Just think. Close your eyes and think about yourself right now, right where you are. Where are you most anxious, worried, troubled, disturbed, afraid, or discontent right now? What in your life is on fire and it has burned you. Could be a relationship. Could just be a stressful decision you have to make. Could be a sin that you feel stuck in and it is scorching you. You want chill. You want relief. You want God. I'm giving you a chance right now to give yourself to Him. He may not remove your problem. He may not remove your pain. He may not remove that person in that relationship that's causing you so much grief, but he doesn't have to to make you the right person. You need Jesus. He will give you understanding about yourself. He will give you a love for other people that looks past all the pain. Do you need that today? Dear Jesus, we come to you right now in the quiet of our hearts and we say, have all of us. As we get ready for this new season of life, school and school schedules, some people have new jobs, some people are moving, so many transitions going on right now, God, and we give them back to you and say, have your will and have your way and teach us to have a heart of understanding so we can be a people who don't freak out but learn to chill, deliver life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jesus, your name is your name is Jesus your name will break every stronghold Jesus your name
Jesus, your name brings life. Jesus, your name above every other. Jesus, your name is life. Jesus, your name is life. Those of you who are interested in bowling, we're just going to meet at Oakwood Bowl at 4 o'clock. So um, bring your money, get your shoes, and find a lane. We'll be there. Just see you at 4. God bless you. good to see you all. God is so good. Our benediction is from 2 John verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Lord is missed.